Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. I do not understand this thing called grace. Second Corinthians 1 verses 1 and 2 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in all Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 13, verses 11 through to 14. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. <clears throat> I am Clyde, a servant of God, and who, one who seeks to serve him with all my heart. To my friend and brother who is truly a child of God, I greet you with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> How is that for an opening statement to a message that I would send to you? Did I sound as powerful as our opening text written by none other than the great Apostle Paul? Well, at least I tried. Let's turn to the text. I want to focus on one word that is in both texts, the word grace. Let us explore this amazing feature that Paul includes in all of his letters, all 13 of them. In fact, here's a little trivia. In 11 of those letters, he wrote grace and peace. In two letters to Timothy, he wrote grace, mercy, and peace. Now, let us be honest. Most persons don't stop to pay any attention to the salutation or the greetings in a personal letter. Paul is telling us that he has something to say up front and we must not ignore it. He starts off all his letters by praying that his audience will experience God's grace in their individual's lives. He ends this particular letter in second, to Second Corinthians with the knowledge or with the prayer that they will experience grace. What is grace? We see it a lot across the New Testament. We hear about it in sermons. In fact, tell me a song with grace in it. <laughs> you didn't have to think hard because the first song that came to your mind is Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Okay, I can't sing, but isn't that true? So can you define grace? Can you say what is grace and not have to consult the dictionary? Well, I must confess that I borrowed a definition from my Google search, and I think it's the coolest. It says that grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. I know there is no direct answer to the next question, but we cannot ignore it. Why does Paul talk about grace so much? Well, let me take a shot at that. Later in this very book, in 2 Corinthians 12, he shares a personal story. He says that he was struggling with a problem in his life that he calls a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. What was that? Was it a sickness? Was it a temptation sin issue? Was it a problem with a family member? Was it a disability? We don't know. 
but it was significant enough that he prayed about it three times, asking God to take it away from me. Clearly by that prayer, this thing was a nuisance, a problem in his life, and figured that he could do well without it in his life. If you ask God for something, you expect what you ask for, right? Well, in this case, God did not answer Paul the way he expected, but God took it to a whole other level. God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Hold on. God, you are awesome. I simply asked you to take away this thorn in my flesh. I did not ask you for a comprehensive, gigantic response to my whole life. And here you are giving me grace and more grace and more grace. You're telling me that I will be experiencing your free and unmerited favor in my life for the rest of my life? Paul says, not quite. Paul says, you will be experiencing this unmerited favor, this favor that you don't deserve for the rest of your life. In other words, you do favors typically for persons who deserve it. My mother is a great mother, so I celebrate her all the time, but especially on Mother's Day. My friend at work is usually kind to me, so when I was on vacation, I bought a special souvenir for my friend. That is what we normally do, but not God, says Paul. God has this feature in him called grace, and God generously shows off his grace, his divine favor to us, not based on a merit system, but to people who do not deserve it. Let us think about it more deeply. You're feeling generous. You leave home with several bags of grocery items. On your way to work, you stop and you give these bags of grocery to some homeless persons under a bridge. You had enough bag for each person. People do that all the time. Then there is someone who has been unkind to you of late, who hardly ever says anything good about you. That person is in a financial bind and you hear about it and decide that you want not to lend, but to give money to this person who normally is mean to you. He tries to argue, you really shouldn't do this, or he might be stunned, mouth wide open, speechless. What? What? What have I done to deserve this? I don't have a reason, except I just want to bless you with this. My friend, that is grace. Favor to me and you from God. And there is nothing we did or can ever do to deserve it. So you receive a letter from Paul. And he starts off by calling your name and saying to you, I pray you experience a trailer load of God's grace, God's favor to you for the rest of your life. I know you, nor I deserve it, but I know God and I know that he is able and willing to do that. So when I pray for you, I pray that you'll receive God's grace over and over and over again. Share your thoughts and comments on this message with me at friendofclyde at gmail.com.